Welcome back to another episode of Scoop TV and We're All One Big Trojan Family Podcast, hosted by uscscoop.com. On this episode, Mark and Josh were breaking down USC's win over the Drake Bulldogs in the first round of the NCAA tournament. And what do they get for their victory? A match against the Kansas Jayhawks in the round of 32. We're going to break down what happened in the first round and how USC got there and what they need to do to beat Kansas in order to advance to the Sweet 16. It's a short and sweet episode, but we hope you enjoy it. Fight on. Hello, and welcome to another March edition of Scoop TV. I'm Josh Ann here with Mark Colkin again. USC basketball picked up a win in the round of 64 yesterday. We're going to preview a little bit of the game against Kansas tomorrow as well. Mark, how are you doing? I'm dancing, baby. Got those shoes on. <laughs> USC's on the round of 32. Yeah, it, yeah uh, it was pretty good. Did you get? I know you're, you've got a really hectic schedule going on right now, so I'm not sure how much you were able to catch. Uh, but I watched the game against Drake from beginning to end. Um, got a, they, they got off to a pretty good start. And then, you know, they hit that little bit of a lull, uh, but they did hold a, you know, a 40 to 37 halftime lead. Um, defensively, this team, they brought it from the beginning, though. I mean, I don't know if you saw the stats. Uh, they, they held Drake 19 second half points. That's incredible. That's even amazing. for college standards. Yeah, that's incredible. Even for college. That's like some Virginia Tony Bennett stuff right there. Right, right. <laughs> Speaking of Virginia, they're on their way home already. But um, yeah, it, it was a pretty impressive performance. What I really like this this was what I took away from the first thing I noticed was how aggressive Isaiah Mobley was. Um, his first opportunity, he got the ball up high, and he he just took it to the rim and ripped it down. And that's what I've been asking for from the whole season. You've been clamoring for it. You've right. been clamoring for it. And, and, and it, for whatever reason, it, it happened, and it, it lends confidence to him. Um, he was nearly perfect for the game from the field. He, I think he was six for seven from the field. Uh, his only miss was a rush to three-pointer as the shot clock was winding, winding down. The ball ended up in his hands, and he had to throw it up there. Otherwise, uh, he was perfect from the field, including two for two from the free-throw line. Uh, so, you know, our sophomore team captain um, is now leading the team. He's he's not letting Evan Mobley take all the all the shine, so to speak. And you know, Evan's deserved it. But um, Isaiah now is saying, "Hey, you know what? I was a top fifty player. I was a McDonald's All American. Let me show you what I can do." And once that first slam came down, uh, it. it I saw a different player, mm-hmm. you know, when he was down on the block, he was using angles. He, he was using the backboard. He just played with confidence. He looked like a different player. And if USC and Isaiah Mobley continue to play like that, good luck, Kansas. They're going to need to, right? I feel like in that sense, he reminds me of a uh, Nick Rokosovic a little bit in terms of this you knew what kind of game Nick was going to have in the first like two or three minutes. Right. 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 Once, once they make that first layup first, get that big dunk, they get that pep in their step. There's, they play with a certain swagger and if they don't get up to a hot start. Maybe they get in foul trouble early. 
you see the head come down. You see the frustration. And I see that a little bit with Isaiah. When, when, he, when he put that dunk down, you saw a different player. You saw the Isaiah Mobley that we know he can be on a game-to-game basis. Yeah, and you, you just brought up a really good point. He was actually in early foul trouble in the game, and it didn't affect him. You know, he was able to keep his head in the game, and uh, and, and a couple of those fouls were really ticky-tack. I mean, uh, you know, we, we, we crap all over the Pac-12 officiating, but, you know, last night, so in the tournament so far, it's been it's been pretty good, but there are times where you're just like, oh, what the hell are they calling here? But back to the point you were making, when Evan, you know, when Ethan, excuse me, when Isaiah, <laughs> like, a, like a father calling their kids to the table, um, when Isaiah, you know, was able to stay in the game in the second half, um, man, he just looked like a completely different player than we've seen throughout the year. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he plays like that, who knows, maybe he will be ready for the NBA at the end. But, yeah, I think there was a report that came out um, that he, he's at least going to test the waters already. I think that's already come out. Um, yeah, we'll see where that goes. What did you think about uh, some of the other players not named Mobley? Right. Namely, Drew Peterson and Taj Eadie. Drew Peterson, um, he started off really strong. You know, you could tell that the on the whiteboard in the locker room, it was attack the basket. And that's exactly what they did. Drew Peterson, you know, this team has size over everybody. So, you know, he's six seven, six eight. He was just taking his guy to the rim, layup after layup after layup. Um, I, you know, um, man, Tajidi, uh, again, he, he tried to get his offense going early as well. Uh, he, he, he didn't have the offensive game we were looking for, you know, point wise. Uh, however, he did put up 10 assists against only mm-hmm. one turnover mm-hmm. and in tournament play you're I'm not going to ask for anything more than that. Um, so it, it, you know, we've talked about this when you get to this time of the season in the tournament, you need strong backcourt play and you need to be able to make your free throws. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, last night, uh, free throws weren't the issue. Uh, they could have been because they started off three for nine from the free throw line. What did they finish? Eight for 15, I think? Yeah, something like that. They were, I think they around 50%. 50%. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? And again, it's it's your better free throw shooters that are missing these shots. Mm-hmm. It's the mm-hmm. Drew Petersons. It's the, it's the Tajidis, the Ethan Andersons. It's got to stop guys. And when you look, you know, a lot of these guys like Drew Peterson and Tajidi came from other schools. Right. And when you look at their free throw percentage, they, they've regressed. Yeah. It's almost, it's, un, it's inexplainable. Like these guys, they shot, you know, very high percentages at their previous universities and then they came to USC and for whatever reason, they've regressed in that regard. And, well, before you and I started, um, you know, recording the, the, this episode, uh, we we just had a, a media session with uh, Coach Andy <clears throat> World and Isaiah Mobley, and I asked Isaiah straight up. I said, "You know, you guys are good, and you're so close to being a great team." I go, "Does it really just come down to a, a level of confidence for you guys?" And he straight up said, "Yeah, that's all it is with us." But they know it. The, the talent level is there with these guys. Mm-hmm. With this team, it's all about confidence. So, you know, if they can just ride the momentum they're on right now and continue to play with confidence and not let negatives, you know, mentally affect them, they're, they're going to do just fine. Yeah. I think that's really one of the reasons why it was really important for them to have a dominant second half like they did, right. especially defensively, because they're going to have to bring it against Kansas because right. no disrespect to Drake, but Drake doesn't have the individual talent that Kansas does. Right. 
And the reason why I asked Isaiah that was because, you know, the, the team's other team captain, Ethan Anderson, is he's kind of going through a, a slump right now. You know, he's production wise when he's on the floor, he's, he's not putting up any type of numbers. Um, you know, I've seen people say, you know, why is he even on the floor right now? So, you know, I'm concerned. Number one, is he playing hurt still? And if he is, should he be on the floor? Secondly, if it's just a confidence issue, you know, how, you know, I asked Isaiah, how are you keeping Ethan's head in the game? And, you know, he said, we're just trying to help him understand what his role is right now. Like Isaiah had to learn how to figure out what his role is as the season went along, kind of playing in the shadow of his brother. So I, I think that's where Ethan is right now. He's trying to, if he's not hurt, he's trying to figure out what his role is because, you know, Tajidi is the backcourt leader um, when Drew Peterson doesn't have the ball on his hand. Right. And, you know, that's very clear by the minutes played. The leader of this team, you know, talent-wise is Evan Mobley. Evan Mobley played 38 minutes yesterday. Tajidi played 33. And you made, a, I think you brought up a really good point in terms of role is, you know, obviously the injury, just the injury part of the injury is bad, right? Those back injuries, they linger. And just because you're back doesn't mean you have your explosiveness, right? Correct. But another thing is, when everybody's figuring out how to gel with one another, you're getting, you're doing rehab. Right. And I, I think Ethan was supposed to take that lead ball handling role this year and let Taj play off the ball. But when he's not out there, Taj kind of had to take that responsibility. Oh, and right. now there's this weird, oh, what, oh, what right. do I need to do here? Who do, who, who do I need to give it to? And right. there's, a, there's confusion and you can feel that a little bit. Yeah, and that's exactly what I wrote about. It, it, I think Ethan just needs to understand that he is going to be the off-ball guard. And when the ball swings to him, take the shot. The shot looks better, too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm seeing a little bit of reluctance from him. And it happened last night with Isaiah White. His first three-pointer drew nothing but air. The next time the ball swung to him, and it was late in the game, and he, he was reluctant to take the shot, and it kind of broke down the offense. And it was just so obvious at the time was, hey, dude, you got to take the shot. Just because you miss doesn't matter. And I think that's what I was talking about. The team just has to play with confidence. If you miss, you miss. Who cares? Don't There's no up. difference between an in and out miss and an air ball, right? Technically, right. <laughs> a miss is a miss. Right. You might as well just keep shooting it. <laughs> right. And there, trust me, you know, it was great to have, you know, see fans in the stands and to actually hear real people cheering. But, you know, get beyond the, hearing the air ball chance for four or five seconds well and you you also said something too about ethan like why is ethan playing who else are they gonna play they, there's not another guard on the roster for them to throw out there i mean well it's, it's drew actually, and it's taj out, coming out of a timeout they actually drew up a play for noah bowman and they, yeah, went, I, I and they right. executed it perfectly i mean i could not have draw, drawn it up any better because they, they perfectly and guess what the result was? Swish. Swish and the pose. I never saw Noah come back in the game afterwards. <laughs> because immediately after, I went to another TV timeout. Do you think he's in the doghouse a little bit? No. I, nah. I just think once um, the second half rolled around and the rotation was working and the defense was there, um, the goal was to keep Joseph Yosefu from exploding for another 18 points in the second half or however, you know, matching his first half total. Um, 
because once you had him under control, Drake was pretty much done. But yeah. Usually those lower seats have one guy that you have to be able to control or else it's just, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, initially I was a little concerned about their big guy down low. Brody? Brody, because, he, yeah. because he's beefy. And, you know, yeah. And USC isn't known as a physical team. You know, let's be honest here. So uh, the fact that, you know, he's a little bit slow of foot, I think USC took advantage of him. They were, you know, kind of drive by him. And he really never got a chance to, you know, work his way down low. Um, Evan knows how to defend the paint. And so does Isaiah. And they were just having yeah. a block party down there. I mean, the it's team had super impressive. Yeah. yeah, it's super impressive how, how well Evan uses his body defensively as an 18 year old in terms of, you know, a lot of these like shot blockers, they can get a little over ambitious and, you know, they lean over and a lot of fouls are called. Evan is so good at just using his length, yeah. knowing his body, knowing what to do when against smaller guys, bigger guys. It's, it's fun to watch. It really is. It truly is fun to watch. Um, and we have them around for, you know, hopefully five more games. I hope so. I hope you're right, Mark. <laughs> um, so the game is tomorrow night, 640 uh, West Coast time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully uh, you guys on the East Coast will be awake um, to, to watch the game. Hopefully uh, the guys at CBS and all their talking heads are getting a little bit more familiar with this USC team and the Pac-12 in general. Undefeated, baby. The yeah. Conference of Champions. You know what? Bill Walton's dream of <laughs> getting five teams into the Final Four is still alive, baby. <laughs> Who knew that Bill Walton would be the uh, the smartest man in the room, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the Pac-12 is uh, getting any more um, respect for well, they should because a lot of these teams um, pulled up. Uh, some of these teams pulled up upsets. Obviously, um, I, I went on record here and said Oregon State had no shot against Tennessee, and they went in. They dominated Tennessee. Hello. They did not. Yeah, they did not. They looked like the five seed in that game, and they went in there. They took it to Tennessee, Colorado. A lot of people were picking Georgetown to upset Colorado. Colorado shut that down immediately. That game was over quickly. When did Colorado turn into Steph Curry and Steph Curry more? I mean, these guys are making threes like they're going out of style. Yeah. And when you have a point guard like McKinley Wright who can drive mm-hmm. and kick, mm-hmm. that puts so much pressure on your defense. Yeah. And, and what, what puts pressure on the defense, it's Colorado's bigs are making threes. And we're talking yep. about Horn standing out there. You're talking about Walker standing Walker. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, even bad, you'll knock one down. So, you know, the Pac-12, maybe they were a little underrated, under-respected. Um, you know, all our games are played late at night. Nobody watches. And the reason I'm bringing this up is when I'm listening to all these talking heads, you know, after the games, and they ask, you know, they're asked to give their opinions on the Pac-12 mm-hmm. teams. They, they all have the same look in their face. They're like, um, where, where are my notes? <laughs> they don't know what to say. They're thinking of that second half they watched because they actually right. turned the game on in November. Right. Like, oh, this is my opinion of Oregon. And they just kind of go from right. there. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully now they're, uh, they're scrambling to, you know, to, to be better prepared. Yep. 
Yeah. I don't know. All right, Josh. Uh, give us a score for tomorrow. Oh, man. It, it, it's going to be tough. I feel like – I don't know if you agree, but I think the lower the score, the more it favors USC. Really? Do you not feel that way? I, see, I don't know if they can – I see where you're coming from. I, I, I don't know if they can get from. into a shootout with Kansas. I don't. I don't know if they can do that. Kansas likes to get up and down. They really mm -hmm. do. Um, here's the thing, though. I, this game is on it for me, and I, I'm, you're going to have to come back and give us a prediction here eventually. But for me, I will. I will. it's going to come down to who wins the reboard, who wins the uh, the battle of the boards. Mm -hmm. So, um, and obviously, USC is going to have to make their free throws. Yes. I, I think it's going to be a very close game. I agree with you. I'll be shocked if either team blows the other team out. Uh, but I see this game getting into the mid-70s, maybe low 80s. That's fair. Uh, so I'm going to go the home run me. Let's go uh, seven, USC 77, Kansas 70. You know, I was going to – no, I agree with you. Kansas scored 93 points yesterday. If Kansas gets to 93 points, USC has no shot. They have to keep that game in the 70s range. You know, I'm, I'm not going to pick USC to lose. No way. I'm going to go USC 79, Kansas 72. Evan okay. Mobley dominates down low. I just think the yeah, guards I, have to play well. The wings have to play well. The wings yeah. have to have to play well. The wings have to play well. And if the Mobleys can play – as good as the the Grove brothers, whatever those guys were from Eastern Washington. Um, the Groves brothers, yes. 35 yeah. and 23, they combined for yes. 58 points. <laughs> one looks like a lumberjack, and the other one, you know, just looks like some white dude who shoots outside jumpers. But they did. They, those brothers killed Kansas. So if the Mobleys can extend their game outside, and not just do it inside, this is where I think USC has the advantage because Kansas has McCormack. They can, he can match up with one of them. They don't have somebody who can match up with both of them. And so if Andy you know, and the coaching staff can drop some nice half-court sets, particularly that high-low, um, if Kansas goes into a zone, let's, you know, let's run some screens, run that baseline a little bit more, and we just got to make some shots. So this is where I'm coming from. Yeah, Kansas is a one big team. They like to go small. They have McCormack and they like to space it around around them. So, Correct. you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, does Kansas have to play Lightfoot more? Are they, are they going to go four and five with them? Or is USC going to get phased out or shot out of the, of a big lineup? Are they, is Andy Anfield going to go have to go small and only play one Mobley brother at a time? That's going to be really interesting to see. See, that's the thing with Anfield though. He, he, when he goes small, you, that means you're going down to Chavez Goodwin small. Right. He was just, <laughs> he was just six, like 6'9", nine? <laughs> instead of 6'10", yeah. But um, he's another one of those guys, though, that can, that can defend on the, on the wing. Mm -hmm. So it's Pretty mobile for a big, yeah. Correct. So I, it's going to be interesting. You know, for me, I, I think it's a matter of, you know, let, let's, Lily uncomplicates things. The team that scores the most points is going to win. But in this case, it's whoever can make their shots from the outside. And both teams like to score on the inside. USC's strength defensively is 
protecting the inside. So we'll see what happens. It's strength against strength. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts, Mark? Uh, I, I think US, not US, I think the Pac-12 is going to send three teams to the Sweet 16. And Oregon, Oregon's not going to be one of them. I think their I think their year of living free and getting passes to everything is done. Who did they play in round two? Iowa. Oh, yeah. oh right, they're in the same. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goose Garza is going to eat. So you think it's it's over for the Ducks in round two? Well, look, they got ousted by Oregon State in the Pac-12 tournament. Right. And now they're having another extended time off. Um, yeah, they should be well rested, but Ooh, right. you know, not have not having played a game in so long, and then going up against a team of Iowa's ability. Yeah, they better better. <laughs> Dana Altman better have his team ready to roll from the beginning. Otherwise, you know, they could find themselves down early and climbing out a hole. And the tournament is really hard. Because mm -hmm. you get you tense up in the tournament because the pressure of the one game and you're out. Yeah, you see a lot of that. Yeah, and obviously I'm, I'm making light of the situation. Um, you know, I feel bad for VCU not being able to even play. We have no idea what happened there, right? It, it, somebody had, said it wasn't them breaking protocol or anything. It just no, something happened, yeah. Pops. Yeah, they had like a lot of players test positive over the last two days. I, it wasn't yeah, even I feel even, bad. Yeah, it, it was the county health department that said, hey, can't don't even it. risk it. Yeah. yeah, don't even risk it. So Oregon, again, gets a bye into a playoff game like they did in football. <laughs> I, I'm almost at the point thinking they're spiking people's water just to see, you know, how far they can go. There's some witchcraft going on out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's but, conspiracy theory time. Right. But uh, yeah, we do. I feel bad for BCU. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody knows I'm not the biggest of the conference homers, uh, but it is impressive to see the Pac-12 representing themselves as well as they are right now. So it's a great thing. I love it. Yeah. I mean, UCLA took care of Michigan State. They really handled BYU. They took care of business last night, took care of BYU. Mm -hmm. Like you said, Oregon State just snuffed Tennessee and Colorado just took Georgetown behind the woodshed. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that was. There are so many people saying Georgetown's going to beat Colorado. I'm like, you have not seen Colorado play. Nor have they good seen Georgetown team. play. They were exactly. 11 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> 13 wins on the season in a, down, thought, in a down they, Big East. They must have thought Patrick Ewing from the 90s was going to start playing for them. Well, you know, it, look, I, I love the storyline. It's a nice narrative. You know, Patrick Ewing, Georgetown, John Thompson. Big E's, mm -hmm. yada, yada, yada. You can only force feed that stuff so much before you're, you know, start peeling back the layers and saying, eh, you know what? The reality. Yeah. Reality sets in. Exactly. Yeah. All right. There you go, guys. Scoop TV. You've got our, our review. You've got our preview. We'll be back uh, doing a, hopefully, a Sweet 16 preview sometime in the middle of the week, if not Monday night, Tuesday depending on our schedules. Um, but till then, um, signing off. Right on. Right on.